Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. We provide two updates each week on this channel called Prophecy Countdown. On Sundays, our videos and our podcast premiere at 1 p.m. And then on Wednesday, we premiere at 11 a.m. Now, the title of my message today is In a Moment, In a Moment. And we'll be exploring the often quoted scripture that no one knows the day or the hour. And of course, that refers to the return of Jesus Christ, the second coming. As the name of our podcast implies, our podcasts typically have a prophecy thread. We love answering questions, particularly those related to Bible prophecy. You can send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's exactly how we get uh, many of our topics come from you. Uh, the viewers and listening audience. So send us, a, send us an email. I respond to all of those myself personally. So in my introduction, I referenced the, uh, the verse that says, no one knows the day or the hour. And that actually comes from the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 and in 25. The Apostle Paul said something very similar to that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, this well-known verse not only speaks of the event, of the appearance of Jesus at the end of the age, but it also hints at the suddenness of the event. It happens in a moment. It, it happens quickly, suddenly. You know, we lived uh, for years, we continue to live close to the attractions in Orlando. Uh, uh, theme parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Universal Studios, SeaWorld. Now, all of these vacation spots have one thing in common. They all have some thrill rides that feature something that happens suddenly in a moment, very quickly. For example, you'll be buckled into your car to your seat on a track. You'll be sitting there and there's music and there's rumbling. Maybe there's smoke or, or some, some sense of foreboding. The air is tense uh, while you wait. Then suddenly, in a moment, you're, you're propelled. You're, you're, you're thrown up or down. You're, it was sudden. Uh, there's this course, this, this great acceleration. Now, it, it's a thrill, and here's the point. It happens in a, in a moment. Even if you're waiting for it, all of a sudden, something happens. Now, the sudden appearance of Jesus may not, and it does not need all of the theatrics of a, of a ride at Disney or SeaWorld, but what it does have in common is the suddenness, and happens in a, in a moment. The Apostle John wrote the book of Revelation. It's the last book in your Bible, and it's the only book in the Bible, by the way, that has a promise attached to it. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. It says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. 
See, that's even one more reason you should be reading the book of Revelation. I try to read it literally almost uh, on a weekly basis, not only for the blessing, but because all of the events that were written about over 2000, about 2,000 years ago, these events that are described with such great t detail uh, that take place in the book of Revelation from chapter 6 through 19, and, and while they're still future, in reality, they are so close. They are so close, much closer than they've ever been in the past. You need to be reading the book of Revelation. Uh, just to, to catch some of that excitement about fulfilled prophecy. It's in the book of Revelation uh, that is a place we want to go to when we want to read about the return of Jesus Christ. And we'll see, as I'm going to describe in the near future here, uh, in just a few verses, uh, that it happens in a moment. Uh, it happens suddenly. And John is given an outline in chapter 1 of, uh, of the book of Revelation by none other than Jesus Christ. And he's told to write what he has seen, and that's chapter 1, what is, and that's chapters 2 and 3, and what will happen after these things. And what happens afterwards is detailed by the Apostle John through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in chapters 4 through the end of the book. Now, the what is, which is chapter two and three, is exciting because it's seven letters to seven churches that existed in what was known as Asia Minor, present-day modern Turkey. Uh, and these are letters that are written to churches that existed at the time, and the churches were told to read the letter and then share it with the other churches as well. Now, what's fascinating, when you read these seven letters, remember, this is prophecy. When you read these seven letters taken together in order, they provide remarkably an overview of what we know as the age of the church. And that's particularly easier for us because we're looking in the rearview mirror. We can look behind us and see these events that happened in the age of the church. It starts with the church at Ephesus, which is, is, is typical of the church of the, at, during the apostolic age when the apostles were still around. And it goes all the way through the seventh church, which is the church at Laodicea, which is unfortunately rebuked by Jesus and described as lukewarm. It's an unfortunate and actually fitting description of many of our churches, our local churches today. Um, um, it is right after this age of the church, uh, which is in chapters two and three, that in chapter four, it begins this way. Chapter four, beginning in verse one. Uh, John says this, he says, after these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Now, the words that are translated after this and in some Bibles after these things is a Greek word. And as you know, I don't like using Greek. I'm not a Greek scholar at all, and sometimes people get carried away with the Greek. But this is important because this Greek word is metatauta, and it means after these things. And it's used in the outline to identify the various steps of the outline. And as we go through the book of Revelation, this Greek word metatauta, after these things is used very frequently, giving us an idea that the book of Revelation is written in a chronological base, basis. It tells us what happens first, then what happens, and then what happens after these things. And, and we see this 
in chapter 4, verse 1. John writes, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. This immediately happens after uh, John writes about the church age. Now, that's a New King James translation. It says immediately, but if you read other translations, it's, it might be translated suddenly, or at a moment, or instantly, or we can say, in a moment, John was in heaven before the throne of God. Now, many scholars believe that Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 is a picture of the time when the church, the body of Christ, will be caught up to heaven or raptured. This word rapture does not appear here at this time because this is prophetic uh, literature. John is showing us a, a, a picture, a picture or a type of the rapture. The days just prior to it, in the days just prior to his crucifixion, for example, Jesus tells his disciples, and he's told them this before, that he was going away, that he would be betrayed. He told them that they couldn't go where he was going. And of course, this, this troubled the disciples. So he told them a story. And I'm going to read you this, this story that Jesus, Jesus teaches. And read, remember, this story is, is prophetic. It's literature. It's, it's telling, Jesus is telling them a picture, a type of his return. And he's telling them something that they would understand. In John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says this. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You see, this was the issue. The disciples were sad. They were upset. They were troubled because Jesus had told them very clearly that he was going away. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Now, Jesus often spoke in parables and metaphors. We see a lot of pictures and types in Jesus' stories and his metaphors and his parables. In this passage, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is giving them a picture of something that was very well known. Every single one of the disciples immediately knew the picture that Jesus was drawing for them. This is a picture of a bridegroom going back to his father's house to prepare a place for the bride. In the Bible, the church is often called the bride of Christ. Seven times, in fact, the church is called the bride of Christ in the New Testament. Jesus is also called the bridegroom. Actually, more times than that, nine times. The return of the bridegroom for the bride, both culturally in Israel as well as in the Bible, happens suddenly. It's at a specific time. It's unexpected. Well, at the same time, it's something to be watched for. Now, here's another parable of Jesus speaking of the same type of situation, of Jesus, the bridegroom, and the church. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 1. Jesus says this. He says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. 
But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. You see the urgency in that? Then all the virgins rose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise said, No, lest we should not have enough for, you, for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy some for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those that were ready went in with them to the wedding, and the door was shut. Now, here's the picture. Jesus is the bridegroom, and Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. We are represented as the bride. We are also to be waiting, just like these ten virgins. We need to be waiting along with our oil representing the Holy Spirit. Those are the wise virgins that had the oil. They had the Holy Spirit. But we, we are unaware, we know neither the day or the hour that the bridegroom is returning. And as a result, we're waiting. And we are to be ready because Jesus will return at any moment, in a moment. That's exactly what we're talking about today. Now, back to the book of Revelation and John being caught up into heaven, which is chapter 4, verse 1, after the age of the church. You know, prior to chapter 4, where John is caught up, the word church is mentioned seven times. There are seven churches that are referenced. So John writes to seven churches, and the, the word church is referenced seven times. But after, get this, after John is caught up to heaven in chapter 4, verse 1, the word church doesn't appear again. Well, 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 the church is gone. That's why. Now the word elders appears and the word saints appears, of course, but not the church because the church, the true bride of Christ is with the Lord in heaven. You know, we see the church again in chapter 19 of Revelation. Uh, we are described coming back with Jesus at the end of the tribulation. We are the armies of heaven that were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. That's Revelation chapter 19, verse 14. As we wrap this up, I want you to understand that the, the rapture of the church, which is described, you can read it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, is different. It's a different event than the second coming. In the rapture, the dead and we who are alive meet Christ in the air. In the second coming, the believers return with the Lord from heaven. And here's the thing, the rapture will be sudden. Uh, it's, it's an instant event, it happens in a moment. The second coming will only happen after the Antichrist is revealed. The temple is desecrated, the people of Israel flee to the wilderness for three and a half years, and that's also identified as 42 months or 1260 days. You see, my friends, when the scripture speaks that no one knows the day or the hour, what that scripture is speaking of is the imminent return of Jesus for his bride, what we know as the, the rapture. It's in the rapture that, church, that Christ returns for his bride. And my friends, it can happen at any time, in a moment. So we need to be ready, just like those virgins were ready and waiting for the bridegroom to return. We need to be ready as well. So let's go ahead and pray. So Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to speak about when you are returning. 
And we know, Lord, that no one knows the day or the hour, and that refers to the rapture of the church. So we pray, Lord, that we might be ready, we might be able to tell others as well to repent and get ready for the Lord to return. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We pray, Lord, for the peace of Jerusalem. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.